Well, right. Before we launch into our presentation on children's ministry, um, we need to make a change to our church constitution, and I um, wanted you to know what that is, and you'll understand here in a minute. So our statement on abortion is, we believe that human life begins at conception and that the unborn child is a living human being. Amen? Abortion consists, or I'm sorry, abortion constitutes the unjustified, unexcused taking of unborn human life. Abortion is murder. We reject any teaching that abortions of pregnancies due to rape, incest, birth defects, gender selection, birth or population control, or the physical or mental well-being of the mother are acceptable. We reject that. So now here's what I've, I've added, and you'll know why here in a second. We further reject any experimentation or development of medical treatments or medications that make use of aborted fetal tissue. That's the part that we've added. And um, I, I want to encourage you. We've had many people in our church get religious exemptions. So I have a letter that I've written. If you need a, a medical exemption, don't just cave in. Now, if you, wanna, if you choose... To, to get the vaccination, that's what you want to do. That's between you and God. I'm not telling you whether or not to get a vaccination. That's not what I'm saying. But I will say that it's wrong to get a vaccination if it's used a, a, aborted fetal tissue in its creation. How many of you think it's wrong to kill babies and use their parts? You think that's wrong? Well, that's what's happening. And we're being forced to, to accept it. So we as a church do not accept that. So this is a change I want to make. And so um, let's just, I think that we can do a voice vote. You members, how many of you uh, believe that that's something we ought to do in, in this, to make this change? If you agree to make this change, uh, raise your hand. All right. Put your hands down. Any members that would say, no, we don't need to make this change? Okay, I think the yeas have it. What do you think? So we're going to do that. All right, children's ministry, come on up. What we are doing, yeah. And, and teen ministry. So we have our children's ministry and our young skulls full of mush ministry. Those are the, the ministries. So what we are trying to accomplish at Grace Baptist is to take advantage of the gifts that God has brought to our church. And we are dividing up the church into teams we have already announced our first impressions team, and that includes uh, the, the greeters, the building, and grounds. What else does that include? Greeters, building, ushers, security, um, so many areas on first impressions. Then last week, we did our adult ministry, which is all of our adult classes, our discipleship ministry, our outreach ministry, um, things like uh, man camp, all of those things. And this morning, we want to talk about our children's ministry. And of course, I don't know that there's a more important ministry in the church than children's ministry. And so we're going to introduce, first of all, Justin Yo. He is in charge. He's our team leader for that. And uh, he's going to take it from there. Justin. Good morning. So the children's ministry here at Grace Baptist Church um, serves all of our, our newborn age children all the way through sixth grade. Um, we're going to go through a little bit uh, some eligibility for our workers' requirements before we start getting into the individual classes. Um, all workers are required to pass a background check, and those will be rechecked every three years. Um, the safety of your children is paramount here at Grace Baptist Church for that reason. We have security cameras in every room where there are children present. And then, again, all of our workers must uh, uh, 
pass a background check. Um, all of our leaders and teachers are required to, to be in, involved in our discipleship ministry. And then also they are all required to be church members. So these are people who, who we know, whom we trust, and those are the people that we have put um, and trusted with your children. Starting with our nursery age, so our nursery is from newborn to age three. Um, nursery service is available for all of the services we have here at Grace Baptist Church. Um, and uh, one of the things I'd like to do is if you currently serve as a nursery worker, if you would just stand. So again, thank you for your work in this ministry thus far. Um, one of the goals of this children's ministry team is to, is to help uh, gain some more support for you guys. But I just wanted to say thank you for what you've already have done and what you've been doing in the nursery ministry. Thank you. And what we have in our nursery is we have two workers for our Sunday school hour. And then we have about three to four workers in the Sunday morning service. And then we have two workers for Sunday evening and then three to four workers for our Wednesday evening service. So as I stated a little bit ago, we are currently in need of more nursery workers. Um, as we have launched this team's ministry and as we have other folks that are stepping up into different Sunday school rows and having other teaching opportunities, um, that has really put a strain on our nursery schedule. So if that is something that you'd be interested in doing, we will provide a sign up at the end of the service today. And then we have our Sunday school classes. Um, so we have the four Sunday school classes. We have uh, Melissa and Jeremy Folsom, who teach our age three to pre-K class. And then we have our kindergarten to first grade class being taught by Stacy Wendell, second to third grade, Nikki Spradlin, and fourth to sixth grade, Dodie New. And so that's a class that we don't really, at, at this point, have any openings for. But one thing I would ask for, for you folks is, is to pray for those teachers um, as they have lessons and, and messages prepared for your young ones every week. Um, again, just be in prayer for them. Um, that uh, what uh, God would lay on their hearts. And then also, again, they, they have a love and a passion for teaching your children. So, again, be in prayer for them. And then our children's church classes. And this is where we have something new starting this year. Um, but uh, first, we'll, we'll start with our toddler church, and that is age three to pre-kindergarten or pre-K. Um, that is a two leaders per month. And I know our goal right now is to try to have it where um, each set of leaders are only teaching in that class one time a year. Um, but we do have some, some spaces to fill there. Um, there is curriculum provided. I know that has been some cause for concern in the past. But we do have a curriculum now, so that will help you be prepared. Um, we do ask that the leaders will need to review the material in preparation for each class and that leaders do need to provide snacks and craft supplies for that class. And again, we are in need of more toddler church leaders. And then a new class that's going to be beginning for us on November 14th is going to be our junior church, which, which is kindergarten through second grade. So right now that age group is up here in the main auditorium, but starting on November 14th, we are going to begin a new class uh, for those guys downstairs. Um, similar with toddler church, we'll be needing two leaders per month. Again, with our goal of having each couple only serve in that, um, in that particular class one time a year. Curriculum will be provided as with the toddler church. Um, we will lead leaders to review and review the material in preparation for the class and then also to provide some craft supplies for that class. Um, we actually had a very good turnout of, of folks who have already signed up, but we do have spots that need to be filled. So again, at the end of the service, if you would, please sign up for that. And before I move on to our Awana ministry, um, if you are currently serving in the as a children's church leader, I'd ask you to please stand. So if you teach in the children's church at all. All right. And thank you very much for all of the work that you have done and, again, continue to do. And I'm excited to see what, uh, who God will bring us um, to, to jump on board for these next sets of classes. 
And with that, our Awana ministry. So our Awana ministry this year is being commanded by Nathan Arling and his wife, Kayla. Um, that is a ministry that uh, my wife and I had, had previously been over the last couple of years, been overseeing. But Nathan and Kayla have done a fantastic job so far this year. And I know we have, we have left that ministry in great hands. Um, the clubs for that, and this is our Wednesday night ministry, um, and we have a Puggle, so that's for age three. And then we have our Cubbies, which is age four to pre-kindergarten. And then our Sparks class is kindergarten to second grade. And then we have our TNT or our truth and training class, and that is third grade to sixth grade. And if at this time I would like all of the Awana directors and leaders to please stand and be recognized. Again, thank you very much for all that you do. These are folks who take time away from the adult uh, Bible studies, and I know there are things that they would like to be doing, but they have taken that time away from their schedule, again, to be with your children, uh, teaching them um, God's Word. And just, again, thank you for all that you do. You can be seated. At this time, we do have all of our necessary spots filled for Awana. However, we will still have a sign-up sheet in the back. Um, if you have an interest in serving, there are always times, especially when we start getting into the winter, where uh, vacations and other sickness will, will, will come into play. And if, we, and if we have any vacancies for the night, it would be great to have a nice backup list of folks. So, again, we'll have a sign-up sheet in the back for Awana. If that is something you would be interested in doing, it would be great to have that. And then... Lastly, just some of the different events we have with the children's ministry. Um, later this afternoon, we're going to be hosting our Trunk or Treat event. Um, it's a fantastic outreach opportunity for the church. We'll have, I think, at highest, we've had over 2,000 community members come through the church property. Um, on average, we get anywhere between 13 and 1,500. But we have a gospel tract and an Awana brochure for each child and each family. Just a tremendous, tremendous outreach opportunity for our church. Also, we have the Shelby County Fair Ministry that occurs in July, where we have a tent out at the fair where we give the gospel and get kids signed up for Awana. And then for our Awana events, we have our parents' night where we invite all the parents to come in and spend a night with their child. Again, this may be folks that would not come to a service, but they'll come in for that night and they will hear the gospel. And again, they'll get to know each and every one of the Awana leaders. And then we have our Awana Grand Prix, which is just a fantastic time of fellowship. And the kids have a, a wonderful time. We clear out the center row, and we'll put the Awana track in here, and the kids will come in and race their Hot Wheels and their Pinewood Derby cars. And it's just, again, another fantastic time of outreach where the gospel will be presented. And then our Awana Awards Nights, what kind of culminates the end of the year um, through our Awana ministry and really all of our children's ministry. And, again, another opportunity to get folks in the building that may otherwise not come um, and to be able to hear the gospel. So... I just want to close before I hand it off to Ty. Just thank you again for everyone who is currently serving in our children's ministry. Um, but we need more people. Um, this is a ministry where we're trying to find new avenues and find new ways to be able to reach your children, um, whether it's through different outreach or through this new class. We do need more people to sign up. So thank you for that. Um, and just one last thing, and this was something I was thinking about. Um, if by chance, if you got saved as a teen or younger, so whether it's here at Grace Baptist Church or at any other church, if you would, please stand. This is why we are so focused on our children's and our teens' ministry here at Grace Baptist Church. What an opportunity we have to be able to reach these young people at a, at a young age. You know, obviously the goal is, to, is to, to see them saved, but then also to see them grounded and rooted in the Word of God, having them doctrinally sound before then they go out into the world. Um, again, just... Again, this, this, all the people standing here is a testimony to why we are doing what we're doing here at the church, and, and thank you. You can be seated. Pastor Jim has often stated that as pastor, you know, he wants us to be able to take off the world's glasses and put on biblical glasses, and then he wants to see the next generation serving God. 
Um, I could say as a father, I have no greater desire for my own two children than to see them uh, saved, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures, and then to be serving God as they continue to get older here in the church. Um, And as parents, it's our biblical responsibility to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And what the children's ministry goal, and I'm sure Ty would agree with me even in the teen ministry, is to supplement what you as parents are doing in the home. Um, we love your kids. We're excited to see what God is going to do through Grace Baptist Church and through our children's ministry as we continue to expand and, and take on these new classes. Uh, but again, just be in prayer for all of the different ministry leaders here at the church, both in the other uh, ministries, but then specifically here in the children's ministry. Um, you know, life can be hard for all of those leaders as well. So if you can, when you wake up on a Sunday morning, pray for those teachers that are going to be in there spending time with your children. Um, and again, just be a blessing to them. And with that, I will hand it over to Ty Blackbird, who will talk about our team ministry. All right, my name is Ty, like you said. I'm in charge of the uh, youth here at Grace Baptist Church. And uh, we just found out last week from Eric that he has the best-looking class. And uh, he teaches the young and married. I'm young and I'm married, so I'm probably supposed to be in that class if I wasn't busy on Sunday, so I agree with him there. Pastor has the best class, but I probably have the funnest class. So... I just want to go through some of the cool things that we get to do in my class throughout the year. Uh, We were challenged to have like one extra activity uh, per month to keep the kids uh, excited about coming back. And so starting in January, uh, without COVID, we go snow tubing. And then in February, we go to a jumping park called Get Air. In March, we have the March Madness Tournament and Pizza Party uh, at Low Voltage Solutions. Uh, Thank you to... Scott. And then in April, we have a progressive dinner where we go around and visit uh, different uh, parents' homes and they feed us. So that's always awesome. And then in May, uh, the, the teens are encouraged to visit one or several or dozen of the 5,000 graduation parties that happen in May. So we don't have very much there, but coming up very soon is the Kings Island uh, trip. So that's always exciting uh, when we go down there. Then we have the teen auction getting ready for camp. And the week of camp is in July, and Chad uh, Hollinger is in charge of camp. So he leads a team that takes them down there, and they have a great time down there. That's the highlight of our year, I would say. Then in August, we uh, ask one of the parents to uh, do a back-to-school cookout, and we have fun there playing volleyball. This year, we were at Sam and Amy Roth's house. They have a, a great large yard where... I got to spike it on Corey a couple times, so that was fun. And then uh, after that, we have uh, the Harvest Rally in Mansfield, Ohio. Uh, That's in September. Uh, Joe Spradlin is in charge of our uh, driving team for the teens. He takes them there with a couple other chaperones and adults. And uh, this is probably the second coolest thing we do. They have all kinds of uh, games all day with uh, great preaching. Uh, Then uh, in October, we have the uh, Life Size Clue. In fact, we just had that on... Friday, uh, two nights ago, and I think they have a quick slideshow that we can watch real quick to show you how that went. A lot of the parents and adults were helping out with that, and here we go. There's Corey and the, uh, there's Matt Holtzclaw, and all of these parents were dressed up like Colonel Mustard and Professor Plum and things like that, and the kids would go around the church trying to get clues to discover who the actual Uh, culprit was and there's alan despite his long nose (laughs) they had a great time Uh, Corey, i hope there's a picture of him i'll wait there's joe uh, todd and leanne 
<laughs> there's Colonel Mustard. Oh, that's good. Uh, there's all the adults. They really put their... Uh, their wardrobes to the test, uh, digging way in the back of those closets. We had Brother David Hughes come up and uh, speak to the teens. That was a real blessing. Um, Corey won a giant candy bar. It was like this big. You guys donated that to the teen group. He had a costume that looked like um, Inspector Gadget, the cartoon from the 80s. It was great. He came in the room kind of bent over this huge, sorry, this huge magnifying glass made out of a hula hoop. And he has his hat on. I didn't know who it was. I'm like, who is this person? I didn't even know it was a kid or some poor lost soul who made it into the church. In November, we usually go bowling. And then in December, we have the teens' uh, Christmas party. So there is a lot going on. And besides all these things, through the summer, we have mystery nights. Uh, each week, we take the kids somewhere around town, and we do something fun and original uh, when we do the lessons Diana is up here because she is the person who puts all the logistics together for these activities, and without her, we would probably, uh, you know, be playing the Wii or something every week. It would be so super boring, so she does a great job with that. But we do have two tables back here in the back. Uh, one of them is for uh, one-way activities. And let me read this so I, I say it right. If you'd be willing to host a teen activity at your home, or if you're willing to just help, uh, providing food or participate in some of the activities like the adults for the clue. Uh, go to that table, uh, one-way uh, activities. Diana will be there for sign-up. And then I also have a table uh, over to the right if you're interested in uh, chaperoning one of the activities that's off-site. Uh, this kind of excludes camp. Chad's taking care of that. But when we go to the teen rally or when we go to Kings Island, Roy's looking for chaperones to come along and, and help out with that. So if you're interested in that, uh, if you're a pa- parent of a teen, head back there. Uh, to that table. So why do we have all this fun? It's really, uh, it gives us 116 opportunities through the year. I counted them up this morning. For us to teach these teens uh, from the Word of God, to share the gospel with them, to impress upon them, to invite their friends, to share the gospel with their friends. So I want to thank all the parents who uh, bring their kids and bring the teens and allow them to come. Uh, It wouldn't be possible without you guys, and I really, really appreciate it. And I hope that uh, if you know anyone that uh, isn't involved in this, encourage them to come. They're going to have a fun time. And I will be checking IDs to make sure you're still under 18 in case any of you try to sneak in after hearing how much fun we have. But that's all I have. Thank you very much. So I didn't want to forget anything, and so I wrote, uh, I wrote notes, and I went off script, and, and I'm paying the price for it. Our van ministry. Um, so Ron Peacock, Joe Blackford, and Joe Spradlin, we have a van ministry that will go out and pick up kids in, the, in, the, in our community. They will do that for the Sunday a.m. services and then also the Wednesday night services. And that is an invaluable service to our community. Again, for, for kids who want to be here, want to get to know God more, um, the opportunity we have to be able to go out and pick them up and bring them in is just fantastic. I also have a sign-up sheet in the back if anyone would be interested in that. Again, we always could use um, a, a kind of a backup list in case if anything were to come up. But just, again, thank you to our van drivers who have been serving in that ministry, some of you for many years before I came, I came here, and for Joe for stepping up. And I know Dan New has, has filled in before. Austin Folsom has filled in before. So, again, thank you guys for all that you do in that van ministry. Wasn't that a fantastic presentation? I'm very thankful for these people. And I don't know, I think I want to go to the youth ministry after what Ty was saying. And I look young enough. Don't you guys think I look young enough to be in there? These are evil kids. See, see the junior high, they're going, yeah, the teens are going, 
That shows something shifts when they get into, you know, ninth or tenth grade. Let's give these folks a hand. Thank you. And of course, Chad Hollinger, Jim McDermott are in charge of our team ministry. Someone asked me this morning, um, people are really sweet to me, how are you doing? You know, because life is busy and my job is busy. This has been one, these last two weeks have been two of the best weeks ever in ministry because all of these people that you've seen up on the platform are taking over responsibilities so that I can spend time studying the word, diving into the word, doing that job. It's it's a dream. This is, I believe, this is God's plan for ministry, for God to raise people up in the local church to use their gifts for ministry. And I'm really excited about it. All right, open your Bibles with me. To the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8. Get Ecclesiastes 8 and get Proverbs chapter 29. Ecclesiastes 8 and Proverbs 29. I'm speaking this morning on the subject, why we must minister to our children. Why we must minister to our children. So let's, let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and then I'll make some introductory comments. Ecclesiastes chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Let's read that again. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. And isn't that our society? Because people feel like they can get away with anything, they do anything. So Dr. Fauci can lie before Congress because every other Democrat can lie before Congress because the the legal system in Washington, D.C. is made up of liberals and they will not prosecute Democrats, but they will swat anyone that worked in the Trump administration if they said something that may or may not be true in an investigation the, they, they use the law against people. And what ends up happening in our legal system is a certain class of people believe they can get away with anything. Is that the world that we live in? That's the world your children are growing up in. They will be punished for doing good, and, and the, those who do evil will be rewarded. This is the world that our children are growing up in. The world that I grew up in is gone. It does not exist anymore. Why do we need to do children's ministry? Because evil is not punished in our world. Good is punished. And there needs to be a place where good is rewarded. Where there's a reinforcement of what you are teaching your children in your home. Where they can come here and they can find out, yeah, my family's weird, but there's a bunch of other weirdos just like us. It's a place of belonging. See, the way the world works is people's opinions are based upon what they think. People's opinions are not based on the Word of God. And if people's opinions are based on what they think, and what they think is being programmed by what comes into their social media feed, and their social media feed is being curated by people that hate the truth, that hate the gospel, that hate the traditional family, that hate biblical morality, if that's what's coming into their feed nonstop, that's the world our kids are growing up into. And then we as parents, we get influenced by that. We don't even realize how influenced we are. 
We change the way that we talk. We change the way that we think. People's opinions are not based on the Bible or any other outside authority. They'll hear the truth and they say, well, that may be true, but I think. That may be right, but I think. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the truth is. And as a church, we need to provide that that solid rock of truth for our children. So why do we need to minister to our children? First of all, because children are a wonderful gift from God. They are a wonderful gift from God. So we did that brief church meeting a minute ago, and we have changed our church constitution to now include research done on fetal tissue, or using fetal, aborted fetal tissue. And in case you don't know, because those, they like to use big words, that's, they, they kill children and they use their parts. They use their skin. They use their DNA. They use, they use things from those, those aborted babies. Um, they, they are, let me, I'm using their language again. They kill these babies, they chop them up, and they use their parts. Now, I had a family get really mad that I said that out loud because their children are in the room. Well, so when your child comes and says, Mommy, do they really chop up babies? Yeah, there are some evil people in the world. They're called Democrats. Evil. These are evil people. If you're a Democrat here today and that offends you, stop being evil. If, you're, if, if you are bought into the Republican Party and you think they believe the way that we believe, you're wrong. All of this could have been stopped if our government leaders would do it. We as a church have to stand for the truth and we have to tell the truth. But I can tell you this, if you have a party platform that wants to chop up babies and use it in vaccines and then require everybody to take that vaccine, that is the epitome of Satanism. That's the world that we live in. And here's the part that I didn't say when we did that a minute ago. Don't forget the CDC and Pfizer, they lied about whether or not they used these aborted fetal parts. These baby parts. They lied about it. They lied in their literature. Project Veritas has videos of the people saying they lied and the documents showing they lied. So if someone is telling you, well, that, that stuff's not really in these vaccines, they either haven't seen the truth or they're lying to you. They're lying to you. Folks, let's make sure that this is a place of truth, that we're believers, that we know the world our kids are growing up in, and we're not burying our heads in the sand and saying, well, no, everything's okay. It's not okay. That's why we have to do children's ministry. That's why we have to invest in children. Why? Well, first of all, children are a wonderful gift from God. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Aren't children a blessing? Man, I, I, it's, it's so true. Proverbs 17, 6, children's children are the crown of old men, and I've just learned that. We have a grandbaby now. We got to have him yesterday at the house, and uh, someone said that, that when you have grandchildren, that's when you realize that your heart can live outside of your body. And it's so true. But listen to this. The Bible says, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. My dad was my hero. I mean, when I thought of a hero, I thought of my dad. Do you understand how the world has changed to where dads are made out to be buffoons, idiots, dumb? Either mom or the kids always have a better idea than dad. That is completely unbiblical. And honestly, it's just not true. You men in this room, you are men that I look up to. And you young people, you can look up to the men in this room. 
There are brilliant men. There are strong men physically. These are men that have taken a stand. That They are leaders in their own right. We have amazing men in here. And you know who they are? Your dads. Where are they going to learn that but here? Where are they going to learn it? They're a wonderful gift from God. But so, so why do we need to have children's ministry? Because children are a wonderful gift from God. And then number two, because parents have been misled. And I know there's probably somebody here that's thinking, Pastor, it's children's ministry. It's supposed to be happy. And you're talking about chopping up children. How many of you think this is the right place to talk about it? Let's not do that. Do we love them? Do we love kids? Born and unborn. We love them. We love them. We pray for them. They're a gift from God. But why else do we need to have children's ministry? Because parents have been misled. Parents have been misled. See, there's a there's a a Catholic, a Roman Catholic view that children have to be baptized, and if they don't get baptized, then they go to hell. And so they bring their babies, and, and I don't know how old they, they bring them, but they bring their baby before the priest, and there's a god there's godparents and the parents there. And that baby is baptized based on the faith of the parents. That doesn't do anything for that baby. That's wrong. But then not only that, but that has made its way into the Protestant world. So in in Roman Catholic in the in the Roman Catholic view, children become the, the members of the church at their baptism. Well, they're not saved. You can't be a member of a church without being saved. Let me say that again. You can't be a member of a church without being saved. We teach our kids that. We teach our children that. But for the Protestant, at baptism, they become children of promise. They become children of promise. Well, you know, the promise is made to every child, not just those that are baptized at their, as, as an infant. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Baptism follows salvation. A baby can't be saved. You know what's good? baby doesn't need to be saved. They're under God's grace. But as soon as they can understand to choose right and wrong, to understand good from evil... When their eyes are opened, now they've got to make a choice. Now they have to make a choice. And that's what they learn at Grace Baptist Church. That's what we teach them. Parents have been misled. They have the Catholic, the Catholic and Protestant view. And I want to compare that to the biblical view. The biblical view, or we might just say the Baptist view. And, and it is different. So this is October 31st. That's the date today. And so what is today? Reformation Day. See, y'all are so worldly, evil Satanists. Reformation Day. And so Reformation Day is the day that where, where Protestants celebrate the Protestant Reformation. Now, I doubt that the Roman Catholics are celebrating that today. But I don't think they like it. But this is when Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation. Now, there were Protestants before Luther and, and obviously Protestants after but what they did, their goal was to reform the, the, the Roman Catholic Church. They didn't really leave the Roman Catholic Church. They brought a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine with them into the Protestant churches. So like Martin Luther believed that you had to be baptized to be saved. And if you don't believe me, look up the Augsburg Confession. It's either Article 10 or 11 on baptism. And it says on baptism that it is necessary for salvation. Now we're going to baptize here in a few minutes. But the person is saved. <laughs> They're not saved by that water. Baptism follows salvation. Baptism is not necessary 
for salvation. The other thing that, that they say, so Philip Melanchthon wrote it, and it's the doctrine of the Lutheran church endorsed by Martin Luther, and it said that they reject the Anabaptists who deny baptism to children. What they mean by baptism of children, they mean babies. And so what they say is they're going to separate from us. Well, that's okay. We separated from you. We're not a part of that. That's what Luther taught. If you don't understand any of that, then you do not understand the Reformation. How many of you, be honest, were taught that Luther is the one who introduced faith alone? Would you raise your hand? That's what you've been taught. Martin Luther is where we get the concept of faith alone. How many of you know that faith alone does not include faith and baptism? That's not the same thing. Do you know what happens? Somebody's lying to you. They are lying to you. I don't know what to say. Well, they're good people. This is my homeschool curriculum. These are, these are good Rusash Rushduni, and he's introduced all of this information about reconstructing our nation and all. They're liars. They're just liars. They're liars, liar, 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 lie, 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 lie. They are liars. We're not Protestant. Now, have Baptists been called Protestants? Well, yeah. We, do we protest against the Catholic Church? I, I think I'm doing it right now. Right? I'll never forget when George Bush was running for president. He went and spoke at Bob Jones University. And it, they really attacked him because Bob Jones University is anti-Catholic. They're Protestant. That's what it means. Do you get mad when he goes to Notre Dame? How many of you think Notre Dame is anti-Protestant? You think? It, don't we live in a crazy world? We just live in a crazy, crazy world. And so what, here's what Baptists believe about children. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3. Now let me be very clear. I'm not saying Lutherans are liars or, you know, that if somebody's a Protestant, they're evil. The Protestant Reformation broke the chains, broke the power of the Roman Catholic Church in Europe. Praise God for that. That needed to happen. I'm very thankful that that happened. Um, there are many people that would call themselves Protestants that preach the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. But if they tell you that Luther believed in faith alone, they're either uninformed or they're liars. And don't believe me. Write this down. Type it into your phone. The Augsburg Confession. Look at what it says about baptism. It's necessary for salvation. That is not biblical salvation. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He said, I thank God that I baptized none of you. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Oh, so that means we're not supposed to baptize? No. What it means is that baptism is not a part of the gospel. Vital that we understand that. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 2 for the context. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also some of us had our conversation. What's it say? Did I read that wrong? 
Okay, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature, the children of wrath. Why do we need to do ministry? What's the Baptist view? That children are, every child that's born is under the condemnation of God, and once they understand, once they come to the place where they can understand the gospel, they must be born again. They must be born again. Why? Look at Romans chapter 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That's at war. It's at war. For the carnal mind is enmity against God. This is Romans 8, 7. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Why do we do children's ministry? How many of you have noticed that children misbehave? Have you ever noticed that? Right? There were a group of kids walking around the church building last night. I was up here filling up the baptistry, and this whole group of kids came walking out from behind the church building. I said, what are you all doing? Oh, we're just walking to our house. Why would you go behind the church building? I didn't ask them that. They're just... When you, how many of you, when you see a group of kids walking through your backyard, think they're up to good? How many of you immediately get a little nervous? Be honest. Right? And I didn't want to be the, get off my lawn! I didn't do that. Why? Because their deeds are evil. That's, that's why kids must be restrained. So look at, look at Romans. Hold your place. You don't even have to hold your place. Go back to that, that uh, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. I think I had you put a marker there earlier. Proverbs 29, and look with me at verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Now, as a children's ministry, we're not going to use the rod. We want to, but we can't. (laughs) How many of you know the rod works? Be honest. It works. Um, But that's for the parents. Here at the church, you better never raise your hand against a child. That's, that's not your place. Amen? Unless it's your kid, and then we cheer you on. Um, how many of you know what I just said about the rod and parents is not popular? Well, let God be true, but every man a liar. It is just true. Why do we have children's ministry? Uh, look at the second part of that verse. We, we also use reproof. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So again, this idea that children, they're full of goodness and wisdom and the heart of a child and, you know, imagine and all of that godlessness that comes from it. They're just evil little jokers. And they have to be restrained. They have to be taught. And that's what we want to provide at Grace Baptist Church. This is a biblical view of children. It is a biblical view of children. Um, so, remember what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2. He said, write unto you little children because you know that your sins are forgiven. What does that mean? Little children have sins that need to be forgiven. Amen? But here's the problem. We think it's cute when our kids disobey. God doesn't think it's cute. He doesn't think it's cute at all. Lying is a sin. Stubbornness is a sin. Rebellion is a sin. You'll remember years ago, I told you we were gonna, that for Christmas this year, we're buying all of your kids Ouija boards. I don't even remember this. 
We're going to buy all your kids Ouija boards. How many of you honestly would probably think that's not a good idea? How many of you think that's not? Okay. So we're going to get all your kids Ouija boards. You're teaching them rebellion. We might as well teach them witchcraft. Does the Bible say that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft? Let's get a big amen. Does the Bible say rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft? So when you tolerate that, what are you doing? When, because swift judgment doesn't come. Remember Ecclesiastes, what happens? They keep doing it. They do it more. They do it more. You allow your child to rebel as a one-year-old. They're going to rebel as a 16-year-old. What are you doing? You are teaching them rebellion, which is as the sin of witchcraft. How many of you know that God doesn't like witchcraft? All right. Well, he doesn't like the way you, treat your, you, you teach your kids either. Man, it got really quiet. Why? Because you got a bunch of disobedient brats in your house. Just meditate on that for a minute. You tell your kids to sit down, do they sit down? You know there are parents that can't go out to eat because their kids are so unruly? What is that? That's rebellion. That's stubbornness. You are in, I can't do anything with them. I, have you ever heard a parent say that? I just can't do anything with them. I can help with that. You can. You can. Do you see why we need a church? We need a church. So, first of all, children are a gift from God. Second, parents have been misled. And then third, the church has a responsibility. What is our responsibility? Is to teach them salvation. So if you want to turn there, it's Mark chapter 10. I'm just going to read it, verse 13. Mark chapter 10. And they brought young children to him, talking about Jesus, that he would touch them or that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children, let's allow them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. How many of you would love Jesus to do that with your children? That's what the church is for. That's what your godly home is for. See, our job is to teach them salvation. And we have a rule at Grace Baptist for all of our children's ministry. They hear the gospel every, every session. It's, it's reiterated in their heart and mind and life. It's reiterated. It's, re, it's repeated. It's repeated so that they understand what the gospel is. It's our job to teach them salvation. Not only that, it's our job to teach them obedience. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. It's our responsibility to teach them salvation, and it's our responsibility to teach them obedience. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, I want to, uh, when you get there, look up here. Uh, I just want to go back on that salvation thing a little bit. I want to talk about that. Um, the, now, this is several years ago. But there was a survey. How many of you are born again? You know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Okay? Now, let's do this. How many of you received Christ before you were 15 years old? Would you stand up? You've got to get up here. You people are too tall. <laughs> that's pretty... That's a pretty good percentage. Would you all agree? Look around. Thank you, and you can be seated. 
Now, how many of you are thankful God saves people after the age of 15? <laughs> Hallelujah. And yet, something like 85% of people that are saved are saved before the age of 15. You can remember that because it's 85 and 15. That, you know, that kind of makes 100. I don't know what that has to do with it, but it's easy for me to remember. Um, why is that? Because children's hearts are tender. They, they trust. They believe you. But once the world starts getting in and the worldly influence, it really changes. And this is why... And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but it's very important that you hear me. This is why the public school system, the modern school system, was established. So look up the name John Dewey. John Dewey. And look up the name Francis Potter. Francis Potter. Now, any of you who, how many of you have done your master's in education? I know a bunch of you have. Okay. Did you learn about John Dewey and Francis Potter? Right? These are the fathers of modern education. And what they said, so if you read the Humanist Manifesto, this is the document that they put out, the Humanist Manifesto. They say that if we have the children for five days a week, what can an hour of Sunday school do against it? That's their statement. What they said they wanted the school to be is a secular seminary. How many of you have noticed that they're pushing... Um, oh, what's it, a pre-K, first, what's it called? First start or something? Head start, head start. Why? You've got to get the kids out of the house sooner. Because if you establish godliness, if they're with mom, if they're with mom, mom's a believer. There, there are things established in the life of that child But if they spend all of their time in daycare, they spend all of their time in pre-K, they spend all of the time at the school where where the parents' belief, the parents' faith is undermined and undermined and undermined and undermined and undermined and undermined. We need a church. We need a church. You know, there are parents that say they can't homeschool because they can't stand to be with their kids. Let somebody else do it. Now, I'm not saying whether or not you should send your kids to the public school. That's between you and God. You just need to know where they're going. You need to know what the, what the intent was. Praise God for our teachers that are here, that are there to represent Christ in that dark and demonic place. But this is why we have to have children's ministry. We have to. And what I loved, Ty, how many times will they be with you in a year? 116? That's good. That's more than an hour in Sunday school. Amen? We need workers. So look at Ephesians chapter 6. Here's what we're supposed to teach the kids. Ephesians 6, look at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Would you read these next four words out loud with me? Okay, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Ready? For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now now remember, during the, the shutdown... When parents are having to have their kids at home and the teachers are teaching on computer, you know that there were school systems that didn't want the parents to watch it? 
How many of you saw that? What are you afraid of? Maybe they're saying something that they don't want the parents to hear. Children, look it. Honor thy father and mother, verse 2, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? Verse 3, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. See, this is what I always say. When you're teaching your children to obey, you're fighting for their life. If the Bible's true. Teach them obedience. Then teach them love for God. Teach them love for God. Can you all say this out loud with me? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Did any of you ever hear that before? We want them to learn that at church. We want them to learn it at home. Teach them love for God. Teach them love for parents. Not just obedience for parents, love for parents. Teach them right doctrine. So we're in Ephesians 6. Go back to Ephesians 4. We want to teach them right doctrine, and we want to teach them how to stand. So how many of you want your children to stand for the Lord? That, that's, this is what our church, this is our goal. So look at verse, I think it's uh, verse 14, yeah. That we henceforth be no more children... And what identifies a child, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive? So here's our desire. So you have little children that will believe almost anything, right? They'll believe dad's the strongest man in the world. I love that. that is, that's awesome. My kids used to think I was hilarious. They thought that my impersonations were, you sound just like him. Yes, I do. But the only one I really do is Kermit, because I kind of sound like Kermit. You know, Kermit the Frog here, right? See, that's pretty good. Do you know what? They don't think my impersonations are good, and they don't think I'm funny anymore. <laughs> Why? They're no longer children. <laughs> they have sense. Here's what we want. We want the little ones to believe us as we are grounding them in the truth. And then we want these to stand on their own. You're not, you're not children anymore. How many of you are over 13, you boys? How many of you are over 13? You understand that scripturally, you're men. You're men. Now, our, our culture perpetuates childhood and, of course, destroys masculinity. Right? All the music. Yeah, they sing like this. Yeah. Just want to punch them in the face. Seriously, how many of you, when you hear that kind of stuff, you men, it makes your flesh crawl. Right? You understand your boys aren't raised that way anymore. You know, you, you get fired for talking in a locker room about how a man feels about a gay man. You'll get fired if you say that out loud now, if you ever said it. We all said it. Why? Because it's gross. Are you all with me? It's just, it's an abomination. It makes my flesh crawl. Patrick, come here for a minute. This is perfect. Come here. Come here. (laughs) 
So in college, like in chapel, when you can't do anything, you just start rubbing. <laughs> he liked it. Go ahead. You can sit down. How many of you guys did stuff exactly like that to mess with your buddies? Right? And what would they do? They'd punch you. Why? Because it's gross and it's funny to mess with somebody like that. Are, are, am I right? You understand that your boys are taught that that's, that's evil? That that's the worst attitude that you can have? How many of you know that that's what, that what I'm saying is true? Why? Because they want to exalt immorality. They want to make your young men behave like women. I love women who are women. Now, how many of you would rather not hear your pastor say that? (laughs) Hopefully you understand what I mean right there. Um, So here's here's what we want. Justin, that one had better never come back right there. You guys are so evil. Um, we want our children to believe us. Remember it says, it said Ephesians 6, fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What provokes a child to wrath more than anything is inconsistency. They behave one way and they're rewarded. They behave that same way again and they're punished. That, that teaches rebellion. That teaches anger. Right? So you've got to be consistent so they can trust you. We as a church, we have to be consistent so they can trust us. These children, you, you need to be able to trust your... Did you notice the background checks and the, that you have to be a member? You have to be in discipleship to teach the children. Did you all notice that? And I know that there were people in the room that were saying, well, I don't think that you ought to have to do all that. Well, whatever. We want to make sure that what your children are taught is true. Because they're going to believe you. They're going to believe you. So we want them as children to believe us. And then as young men, as young ladies, we want you to stand. We want you not to be blown about with every wind of doctrine. And that's why at Grace Baptist Church, we don't want to be like every other church. We want to be different. Listen, my goal has never been to be average. I want us to be excellent. I want us to honor the Lord. And we'll do that. Why do we need to have children's ministry? Because children are a gift from God. Parents have been misled, and we have a responsibility. As a church, that's what we're going to do. Amen? All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's all stand. I did go a little bit longer than I wanted to. You men, get back to your tables. Maureen's going to start playing. We have teen ministry back here. We have children's ministry back here. Now, in a minute, we're going to baptize. We've got some other things to do, so please don't leave. But let's, let's as quickly as we can, let's go sign up.